Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Friday, October 27th. It's also the 300th day of the year. On this date in 1947, the radio show You Bet Your Life, starring Groucho Marx, premiered on ABC. It later became a television show on NBC. On this date in 1989, anchor Jane Pauley announced she was leaving NBC's Today Show. Jane is still going strong every weekend on CBS Sunday morning. For your morning trivia, on this date in 1942, a country singer known for the patriotic song God Bless the USA was born in California. You hear a song at political rallies to this day. Can you name it? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, it's time to check in on that first alert forecast. And good Friday morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovat. A few patchy clouds around this morning. Very small chance of a shower. Maybe a couple sprinkles out there. Most of you will stay dry. We'll be near 80 degrees by lunchtime. Spend the afternoon 80 degrees or above. And then warm this evening. Overnight lows about 60 degrees. For the weekend, we're not going to mess up this nice weather we've had. We'll keep temperatures in the 80s. We'll keep the sunshine going. Could be near record high of 85 on Monday and a strong cold front heads our way. It begins to cool us down just a little bit. Right now it looks dry on Halloween with highs in the 70s, but much cooler highs only in the low 60s by next Wednesday and Thursday with morning lows down close to 40. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now let's get to your morning headlines. The manhunt continues for the man accused of killing at least 18 people and hurting another dozen after opening fire inside of a main bowling alley and a nearby bar. Officials are conducting a background check of Robert Card, this man on your screen here. And CBS News has learned investigators are looking into whether Card was looking for or targeting his current or former girlfriend in Wednesday's mass shooting. Businesses, schools and colleges stayed closed yesterday across the region with people being ordered to stay and shelter in place for their own safety. This city did not deserve this terrible assault on its citizens, on its peace of mind, on its sense of security. No city does. No state. No people The FBI says Card was hospitalized this summer for mental health issues, including hearing voices and had threatened to shoot up a military installation in southern Maine. Investigators found his SUV at a boat launch in rural Maine and are now searching for a boat that he could have used for an escape. The Mount Pleasant Police Department is investigating hundreds of packages carrying what they're calling anti-Semitic flyers found in the driveways of homes. Officers say there were they were called uh, about a suspicious package found in the driveway of a home on North Smokerwise Way on Tuesday. Upon arrival, officers determined the package didn't have any explosives, but instead had anti-Semitic propaganda. Police say every driveway in the neighborhood had one of these packages, which they say included a Ziploc bag and conspiracy theories. A man claiming responsibility for distributing the flyers reached out to Live 5 News, claiming he was exercising his First Amendment right to do so. He also claimed that he would take legal action against the Mount Pleasant Police Department if they continued to interfere with the distribution. 
The South Carolina Department of Natural Resources says a body was recovered during a search for a missing boater. Horry County Coroner says 79-year-old Harvey Altman died as a result of crash injuries. This comes after multiple state and local officials started looking for a missing boater who's now been identified as Altman. The DNR says that the search started after two boats crashed into each other in the river on the Horry Georgetown County line near Highway 701 and Yohanna Bridge. Horry County Fire Rescue's dive team recovered Altman's body. The North Charleston Police Department has made an arrest after a chase yesterday morning. Officers say they tried to pull over a car near Blue House Road and Highway 78. That's when they found out that the car was reported stolen. The driver didn't stop, leading police on a chase until hitting a pole while trying to turn on North Main Street. That suspect got out of the car and tried to run away but was caught by a canine. Police have not yet released the suspect's name or what charges they're facing. As always, we'll continue to update you as we learn more. As Veterans Day approaches on November 11th this weekend, a Charleston, South Carolina U.S. Marine will be honored with a Congressional Gold Medal. Now, this honor is bestowed by Congress as the highest civilian award in the United States and was given out, uh, was given to a unit that was once not allowed to defend its own country. Live 5's Destiny Kennedy joins us now in studio and explains why this award is so important. Good morning to you, Destiny. Good morning, Nick and Shelby. In order to understand this award, you have to understand the meaning behind it. The National Montfort Point Marines were the first African-Americans to enlist in the U.S. Marines. The recruits trained at a camp, Montfort Point, in Jacksonville, North Carolina, from August in 1942 until the camp was discommissioned on September 9, 1949. This award recognizes Montfort Point Marines' contributions to the Marines in the United States during a time of hardship and segregation. Nearly 20,000 Marines were trained at Mumford Point and every aspect of their training was segregated from their white counterparts. Officials from the chapter say while in service, they were housed in prefabricated huts and railroad tracks separated from white residents from the training camp. The National Montfort Point Marine Association Chapter 42 will present Marine Walter Harper Jr. with the Congressional Gold Medal at the weekend's banquet to honor his services and gratitude. Ticket sales have already ended for this event, but to learn more about the MPMA Charleston chapter, you can head to live5news.com and click under this web story. I'm Destiny Kennedy for Live 5 Parents, school staff, and district leaders gathered at Charleston County's Whitesides Elementary School to discuss recent safety concerns within the building. Last night, school officials delivered the latest test results regarding the elevated CO2 levels found on campus. Meredith Blair has the details. The district did not allow Live 5 or any other news station inside, even without cameras. But I did catch up with a few attendees to get insight on what was discussed. Following this meeting, parent Daniel Brownstein says he believes the district is taking action to get to the bottom of what is happening. Mount Pleasant Council member John Icafano attended after receiving several calls about this matter from concerned citizens. Both explained how a group of parents with expertise in the matter led most of the meeting. 
Brownstein understands the concerns some parents still have, but he feels that he can safely send his daughter to Whitesides Elementary. There's um, continuous testing going on during the day. Um, I believe the district is being uh, pretty transparent about that testing. Uh, they've they've uh, shared a folder with parents that has uh, sort of that real-time data. Uh, so I do feel confident uh, sending my child to this school. Now this afternoon, the district is giving the media an opportunity to speak with their chief operating officer to get an update on the air quality and find out what comes next. Reporting in Mount Pleasant, Meredith Blair, Live 5 News. A group of state representatives and parents gathered to show support for the Charleston County School Board. It comes after the Charleston, North Charleston and Mount Pleasant mayors criticized the board earlier this week for its handling of Superintendent Eric Gallion's paid leave pending an investigation. They called for more transparency and suggested requiring super majority votes on major issues. Yesterday, three state representatives, two board members and at least a dozen parents stood in support of the board saying they're doing their job. The three mayors provided the following joint statement in response to the event, quote, as mayors representing 80 percent of the students, parents and teachers in the Charleston County schools, we've come together to ask the CCSD board to end the chaos and get back to educating our kids. That's their job and our whole community needs them to start doing it. This comes ahead of a meeting this morning where CCSD's board will get a report on the investigation into Superintendent Eric Gallion. Any decision made in executive session will have to be voted on publicly. Live 5 will be at that meeting to bring you any developments as they happen. Following a 17% utility rate adjustment increase this summer, a local leader and former Georgetown Council members say that the reasons behind the increase are false. The fee increase in Georgetown includes city water, sewer, sanitation, stormwater, and electric service fees, except stormwater, which is increased by almost 10%. Georgetown's budget increased by more than $7 million through the last two fiscal years, which former council member Sheldon Butts attributed to what he describes as a spending problem for the city. Georgetown's mayor, Carol Giroux, previously said the city's utility rates had not been raised since 2000. 10, but past budgets show rates increased in 2017 and 2019. This is a people problem. This is a working class people problem. People who are, who are trying to make a livable wage in this city of Georgetown, those people are, are the ones that are having the problem. The utility increases are not done yet. The city forecasts a 4% water and sewer utility rate increase through 2028. The Berkeley County Coroner's Office says it's working to stop a significant increase in deadly crashes. The coroner says in the month of October alone, it investigated 10 traffic-related deaths in Berkeley County. Last year, the county had 52 of those deaths. This year, that number is already near 70. Berkeley County Sheriff's Office is also doing its part. Officials say they're working to add several motorcycles to the traffic division and have increased enforcement efforts. They also say if you witness any dangerous behavior or road rage, call 911. Well, a viewer who wrote into Live 5 says that she's noticed on James Island that there's no shade or seating at bus stops. She also says that the issue is not only in that area and feels that more can be done. Our Alicia Wimberly, she joins us now. Alicia, you spoke with that person. So why is this issue driving them crazy? 
And next, Shelby. Well, this viewer told me shade seems like such a basic humanitarian need right here in Charleston, and we need to provide it for everyone. Robin Lockhouse is the owner of LB Sweets Bakery on James Island, and she's lived and worked in the area for more than 10 years. Lockhouse says for a while now, she's noticed the lack of shade and seating at car to bus stops, not only on James Island, but all over the city. She says in a city with so much traffic, it would be nice to see public transportation be a viable option without it being a punishment for those using it. And I just think, couldn't we do a little better? I know money's tight everywhere and I know it gets allocated to a lot of different places, but it just seems like a little extra could be done for the folks that do have to rely on CARTA. According to CARTA officials, system-wide, 219 of 869, or about a little more than 25% of stops, have shelters or benches. In many other instances, there are nearby coverings and or seating. Luckhouse says she's been in the hospitality industry for a number of years and knows firsthand housing and rent are expensive. A lot of the folks that work in hospitality because of the high housing and the rental rates are not really able to live close by, especially not downtown or these other hot spots. So they're coming in from further areas and there are a lot of the people that I think are using the CARTA system. And again, that's a long day for them to travel in for work. And again, to not have any kind of niceties or amenities just feels like we could do better. After reaching out about this concern, we received a response from CARTA officials. Nearly a third of the 60 stops on Route 31 Folly Road have a shelter, bench, or covering today. More shelters and amenities are on the way as part of the Rethink Folly project, including at the Folly Road Walmart. Charleston County is also working now to acquire right-of-way. CARTA spokesman Daniel Brock says there are factors that impact the amenities offered at a bus stop, but CARTA carefully analyzes data to benefit riders. If you have a road story that's driving you crazy. Under this web story, you can submit a form on life5news.com. Insurance fraud is on the rise here in South Carolina, and it is costing you thousands through inflated premiums. Insurance fraud can include people lying about where they live or how many people are in their households to get lower rates, reporting the same damage on multiple claims, or even staging crashes. A record number of insurance fraud complaints were reported in South Carolina last year, and the state has nearly reached that number this year with more than two months to go. The state law enforcement division has five agents to investigate insurance fraud claims, and it's working to get more help. We certainly could be working more cases now if we had more agents to work them. We're trying to focus on those cases that involve a ring, somebody who's been involved in multiple uh, fraudulent uh, claims that's been made. A nationwide study found more than 53 million Americans do not consider insurance fraud to be a crime, with younger Americans much more likely to have that view. The Department of Insurance says that could indicate this rising crime could keep growing. Parents of students, civil rights groups, and education organizers, uh, organizations rather, are asking the South Carolina Supreme Court to strike down a private school voucher program. A newly filed lawsuit claims the program drains state resources that should be spent at public schools, directing millions of state tax dollars to pay for tuition at private schools. In 2020, Governor Henry McMaster tried to use federal COVID aid to fund a private school voucher program, but the state's Supreme Court struck it down, saying public funds cannot be used to benefit private schools. 
The U.S. is sending $150 million worth of military aid to Ukraine. The new package announced yesterday by Secretary of State Antony Blinken mostly consists of ammunition and rockets. Specifically, it includes mentions for ammunition for surface-to-air missile systems and high-mobility artillery rocket systems. Stinger anti-aircraft missiles are also a part of that aid. The Pentagon is also sending more than 2 million rounds of small arms ammunition and night vision devices. At the beginning of the show, I told you that the singer famous for the song God Bless the USA was born on this date 81 years ago. We hope it was easy for you to remember his name. So happy birthday to Lee Greenwood. Also celebrating birthdays this Friday, actor comedian John Cleese is 84. TV personality Jane Kennedy is 72. And TV personality Kelly Osbourne is 39. Thanks for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. Hope you have a great Friday and a great weekend. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you Monday. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.